Hi, I'm Justin Zyduck. And I'm Zach Zyduck. And welcome to Indefensible Inc., the podcast where we cover allegedly terrible comics and comics-related media. Uh, my brother and I watched Batman v Superman, me for the first time, and we had so much to say about it, one episode would not be enough. So we're picking up this episode halfway through the movie. Batman is trying to steal Lex Luthor's kryptonite. Lois Lane is getting to the bottom of a conspiracy to frame Superman in an extremely suspect way. And Superman is about to testify in front of Congress about, like, whatever his whole deal is. So let's begin with Superman landing at the Capitol. People are protesting, but there's also a lot of cheering. Uh, he enters the chamber where the hearing is being held. Senator Holly Hunter, and um, if you probably should have listened to the last episode, but we forget what that character's name is, so we're just going to call her Senator Holly Hunter. <laughs> Thanks him for coming and starts talking about how good it is that they're all there to talk, and this is how a democracy works. Uh, suddenly, she sees a jar on the desk in front of her. And, I mean, you, I mean, if you've probably seen this movie, so you know what this is. It's a jar of piss. Labeled Granny's Peach Tea. Holly Hunter is terrified to see this and then Wally the guy whose legs were crushed in the uh, Metropolis attack at the beginning of the movie his wheelchair explodes <laughs> so diving right in here okay. I have many, what, an open, many what an opening I have many many questions first of all and I'm Zach I'm throwing this out to you because I'm apparently unable to follow even basic concepts in the movie what is this what is Lex Luthor's plan to blow up Congress accomplish? You're you're asking the wrong person because <laughs> this also doesn't make sense to me. Like, I'm not. I I don't know if it's another attempt to frame Superman. Like he was in there, and he blew up the building. I mean, somehow? this this one you this this one this one you can't. You, there's no. He doesn't have blow up powers. Actually, in the new 52, he did, but... Oh, there you go. Probably not, probably not what was going on here. But, yeah, I mean, like... So it could be just be revenge against Holly Hunter for not giving him the import license that he wanted. Except that he already got the kryptonite, so, like, he got everything that he wants. It's, I mean, it sort of makes Superman look bad, but it also means that, like, this Wally guy was being posited as, like, a credible, like, here is the face of the bad stuff that Superman is capable of or the collateral damage that he's capable of. I don't know if it looks good if, like, the face of your movement is actually just, like, a suicide bomber or insane. Well, I'm thinking that maybe part of it is just to show maybe that Superman is fallible. But but I guess he... We know he's fallible because a big, a huge girder crushed that dude's legs. Yeah, but I mean, maybe just to prove he can't even stop things, even when he's right there or something, and like not in a fight. Um, so next, I want to talk about the tense moments where Senator Holly Hunter recognizes the piss. Her reaction is one of like absolute like Hitchcockian suspenseful horror, as though she knows something terrible is going to happen. Now she happens to be right, but like, is that necessarily the case that that would follow? Like. If you so if you're you talk to somebody and you mention a jar of piss and then the next day or whatever there's a jar of piss on your desk do you think oh my god this is the last thing that I will ever see <laughs> or do you think oh that asshole yeah somebody somebody get this jar away <laughs> yeah and then like she she had noticed that he wasn't sitting there too and like yeah <laughs> and then she like put it together i guess but like I, I don't know how still, but like, to me, that's just like, uh, he only went there to drop the jar of piss off and then like ran away and was just like, ha ha, I got her. Probably should have taken his henchwoman with him. <laughs> so we got an explosion at the Capitol. Superman assists with the cleanup and recovering the injured and the paramedics and police seem glad to have the help as you imagine they would. So this is shaping up to be some good points for Superman, right? But then, in the middle of it, he leaves. There are injured people, and Superman's like, hey, you guys got this? And he leaves. And like, even the news points out how suspicious it is for Superman to leave in the middle of this job. I gotta tell you, I like the Superman fellow less and less. <laughs> yeah, not really redeeming himself at all. Like, 
he flies he, away because he's sad. <laughs> well, he does a lot of things because he's sad in these movies. Then uh, we cut to LexCorp HQ. There's clearly been an attack. Security footage is showing Batman swooping in and taking out the guards. Luthor checks his kryptonite stash to find out it's been stolen, and Batman has left a battering behind. Again, many questions. <laughs> First of all, why is Batman baiting Luthor? Because they sh- they're on the same side, ostensibly. <laughs> yeah. Like, if he thought that Lex Luthor was a criminal, I would see that he would put the battering there as like a, like a message, like, you're not untouchable. But as far as he knows, he's just a private citizen also trying to kill Superman. <laughs> I mean, I guess leaving a battering behind is kind of the equivalent of just leaving a troll face, like, <laughs> sticker behind. But, but, but why? It's it's antagonizing Lex for the sake of antagonizing him, I guess. Uh, Superman is moping to Lois about how he didn't see the bomb in time in the wheelchair. And he's worried that he wasn't looking. He says, all this time, I've been living my my life the way my father saw it. Writing wrongs for a ghost. Thinking I'm here to do good. Superman was never real. Just the dream of a farmer from Kansas. So is this how you remember... Pa Kent being in Man of Steel because I remember Kevin Costner would have rather walked into a tornado than have Superman do anything super. It seems like at this point, two movies deep, they're starting to try to like change they're, they're the canon. Yeah, they were just retconning stuff. It's like you remember Pa Kent from like the '78 movie, right, where he said you should do things with your powers, like pretend it was pretend it was Glenn Ford. <laughs> Lex enters the spaceship. Next, there's a scene of Lex peeling stuff off a kryptonite sample earlier, which I didn't get at the time, but I guess there was like burnt skin from General Zod's fingers or something. Oh, I that's that's how I interpreted that. It's like he peeled off these fingerprints and like used that to activate the the you know the fingerprint scanner or whatever. Well, you'd think in a three hour cut of a movie they would show maybe <laughs> like a plot point like that. That seems like that would be handy. Or you, don't, you don't even even need to do that. Just like, it's open. <laughs> yeah. Well, there you go. So then the computer starts talking to him in English, which I'm not going to, I'm not, you know what? That's gonna, I'm going to go by Star Trek rules and say it doesn't matter. Everybody can just speak English. Um, and offers him knowledge from thousands of worlds. Next in the Bat Cave, we see Bruce Wayne training, um, you know, lifting heavy objects, pulling stuff with chains. Uh, he was beating the hell out of a semi truck tire with a hammer. Is that is that an exercise that <laughs> I, I think it's actually a training thing people do. That's wild. Okay. Anyway, in between Bruce's angry working out like a fifteen year old with attitude problems, he's building kryptonite weapons, including a cool green fog machine. Then we go over to Wonder Woman checking her email, which I guess Bruce has for reasons I can't think of now. Maybe she gave it to him earlier. Uh, Bruce has decrypted Luthor's metahuman files and sent them to Diana. And there's little quick time movies for each superhero. <laughs> one for the Flash, one for Aquaman, and one for Cyborg. Uh, they all have logos already, so I guess when the Justice League assembles, they have Luthor to thank for their branding. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also the Wonder Woman photo, which, in the logic of the of Wonder Woman, the movie, was Wonder Woman public knowledge? I don't think think so i mean i mean we're skipping ahead to other movies but like in wonder (laughs) woman she was in world war one and didn't like people knew about her at that point yeah but then she she says somewhere in this movie like earlier that you know she like kind of went missing for a hundred years or something like that and now we know that there's wonder woman 1984 coming out so is she completely off the grid again there? Like, she didn't disappear for 100 years then. So they're retconning the, that. In the, I mean, in the trailers, I, I'm seeing some, like, pretty public yeah. <laughs> action. Right. So anyway. she wasn't out of commission for 100 years, like she was saying earlier in this movie. So back on the Krypton ship, uh, Lex is planning on creating some sort of forbidden Kryptonian abomination that the computer tells him not to do. Uh, he dips Zod into, uh, remember in Austin Powers when he first gets unfrozen and there's the, the warm liquid goo phase? Mm-hmm. It's that. 
dumps him in there, and he also like cuts his hand and gives the Zod Corp some of his own blood. Like I guess the DNA will combine somehow, but it's probably just him being a weirdo. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm I'm guessing at things. Like he's doing some genetic stuff. He's gonna make part of him be what kills Superman. I guess he and Batman have that in common that they really want to be the guy. Yeah. Uh, back at the Daily Planet, and they're working on an article asking whether Superman knew of the bomb and is complicit in the attacks. Um, you know what? I'm not. <laughs> I was going to ask a question about why would Super- why would Superman be complicit in a suicide bombing by a guy who hates Superman? Please construct an argument in which that they are connected, but I I won't bother. <laughs> Moving along. Uh, Lois investigates the bomber's apartment, and in sort of a like Poirot or Sherlock Holmes-style twist, she finds fresh fruits and groceries, which she reasons he didn't know that he was... If he just bought those, he wasn't planning on dying that day. Um, or he's mentally unstable, but... Either, either way. At any rate, Jeanette Clyburn calls up Lois and tells her that the wheelchair was lined with lead. Well, first of all, it was also made it was made of the same material which the high-tech bullets were made out of, which is traceable. <laughs> and the wheelchair was lined with lead, which is why Superman couldn't see it. For the nerds out there listening, <laughs> you'll remember the John Byrne uh, issue of Superman where uh, the Joker hides a bomb in a in a lead-lined casket, thinking that Superman won't see it. But Superman just looks at like the whole city and looks for like the suspiciously lead-lined casket. So, encasing something in lead doesn't make it invisible to Superman. He just says, "Hey, that's weird. There's all this lead there some, for some reason." Well, the thing that I was confused about um, was how does does Lex know that? Superman can't see through lead. I don't think that was brought up in Man of Steel. <laughs> well, okay, that I will that I will say the computer told him. Okay. That that I actually will. Uh, I will is that I will, really I will, how we're gonna fish. start explaining yeah. things away in this movie? Is a computer told him? The computer told him. Okay. That's actually not totally unreasonable, but yeah, that is sort of like we forgot to mention that Superman can't see through lead. Yeah. Or I don't even know if they mentioned that he has X-ray vision, but. We're banking on, we're just banking on, like, you know Superman, right? We don't have to, like, introduce stuff. Unless that was a complete accident. He's just like, it just happened to be a lead-lined wheelchair. It didn't... I had some I had some lead sitting around. Like, don't let it go to waste. Yeah. Meanwhile, we cut to, like, a mountain up north, and Superman is in exile. He climbs a mountain, or flies up or something, and experiences a vision of his father, Kevin Costner. Pa Kent tells the story of the time that the... You know, his father's farm flooded, and him and his dad went out to stop the water, and they dammed it up. But And his mom called him a hero and baked him a cake, I guess. But it turns out that stopping the water on their farm sent it back upstream and wiped out their neighbor's farm. And he could hear the sound of the horses drowning as he ate his hero cake. <laughs> so, I guess I finally understand the Man of Steel worldview is that Jonathan Kent learned at a very early age that any good deed you attempt to do... To do will screw somebody else over. I guess Pod Kent and <laughs> I guess Pa Kent and um Perry White would probably get along in this universe. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you employ my son? That's a waste of time. Yeah. He's just gonna screw you over. <laughs> uh next, Bruce Wayne goes back to the Wayne Manor ruins. He tells Alfred that basically Batman is a waste of time that going after some small-time criminals doesn't accomplish anything, and that killing Superman will basically be his legacy. He is so close to reaching some sort of breakthrough that, like, maybe I could put this life of Batman behind me. Which, again, is a weird thing for a superhero movie, but okay. But no, he decides that the only thing that he can do to bring meaning to his existence is to kill Superman because of what happened 18 months ago. (laughs) He mentions that uh, he's older than his father ever was. And he says, Criminals are like weeds, Alfred. Pull one up, another grows in his place. This is about the future of the world. It's my legacy. You know, my father sat me down right here, told me what Wayne Manor was built of. Alfred says, Railways, real estate, and oil. And Bruce Wayne says, The first generation made their fortune trading with the French. Pelts and skins. They were hunters. (laughs) So, first of all, 
if you're reaching back like 300 years to find a hunter in your family, I, 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 I think Alfred's right here is like your family fortune is built with oil and stuff that pollutes the environment. Yeah. Next in Smallville. <laughs> Next in Smallville, Martha Kent gets ambushed by some dudes after work. But no time to worry about that because Batman debuts in his Dark Knight Return style power armor with his Kryptonite spear. So this is what the entire movie is actually building to. A recreation of various panels from Dark Knight Returns without any of the context surrounding them. Um, it's not the last that we'll see. <laughs> in a small airport or mall, Lois Lane gets kidnapped and delivered to Lex Luthor on the roof of a skyscraper. Luthor goes on kind of a rant about geometry. Like, actually, it was a rant about geometry and, like, circles. No, triangles. Um, but it eventually leads him to, to decide to push Lois off the roof to attract Superman. Now, Superman is an exile, right? Hmm. That's the whole reason that this entire section of the movie is happening. <laughs> For a 45-minute chunk of the movie. You have no reason to think that Superman is around. And, like, Superman is often around. <laughs> but, like... To trust that, like, you push her off the bridge and, like, he'll get there in that 20 seconds. He's right. I mean, <laughs> Superman does get there and saves her. That's a leap of, leap of faith. Or a push of faith, I guess. Why wasn't he there when she got kid? If he's, like, maybe he's, like, honing in on her all the time. But then why, when she was kidnapped, didn't he come and get her? Yeah. So, now Lex Luthor delivers Superman an ultimatum. He knows that Superman is Clark Kent. Apparently not important how. Uh, the plot requires it, I guess. But Luther reveals that he's kidnapped Martha Kent and has sentenced her to die within the hour unless Superman kills Batman. So there is some subtext here in like his speech because he says, like, no man in the sky intervened when I was a boy to deliver me from daddy's fist and abominations. I figured out way back, if God is all-powerful, he cannot be all-good. And if he is all-good, he cannot be all-powerful. And neither can you be. They need you to see the fraud you are. With their eyes, the blood on your hands. So, like, there's... I guess this is his motivation, is that, like, you can't really be as good as you claim to be. I almost like the Silver Age, like, I was working on a formula, and you wrecked it, and also I lost my hair. As like, a, a better motivation for Lex Luthor. Uh, the Kryptonian ship then activates, starts shooting some lightning around. Superman goes to Gotham to convince Batman to help him, or he has to die. No one stays good in this world. Uh, yeah. Moving along. <laughs> Moving along. <laughs> Wonder Woman plays videos. Hilariously, in the Zack Snyder universe, the Flash can't even stop a convenience store robbery without kind of like trashing half the store in the progress. In the process, mm -hmm. uh, Superman shows up to face Batman. He calls him Bruce, which probably indicates. Again, there's an even longer cut of this movie where he figures out who Batman really is. I kind of figured that he figured it out at the library function. Like, I guess. I mean, gonna... he's like, well, why, why does this guy have, like, have a high-tech earpiece? And he's like trying to like go into a server room and... I don't know, man. Like, Because then, then I guess my question is, like, why wouldn't he, instead of waiting for, like, Batman to show up to steal the kryptonite, why wouldn't he just, like, go to Wayne Manor or wherever wherever his cool lakeside condo is and, and talk to him there? But I'm going to move along because now we get the actual, the actual Batman v. Superman. The, <laughs> it's happening. The basic arc of the fight is that Batman hits him with some kryptonite weapons to weaken his powers for a bit. So they're sort of on an even ground because he's got the power armor. Um, but gradually, Superman gets his powers back and fights back. The movie should actually be titled Dawn of Toxic Masculinity because uh, Superman says stuff like, if I wanted it, you'd be dead already. And Batman says stuff like, you're not brave. Men are brave. So it's, it's I mean, it's especially coming out of coming out of Superman. Yeah. Like, if I wanted it, you'd be dead already. Is not, it's not on message. <laughs> Superman's social media handlers are like, ooh, not what we wanted to convey. <laughs> but even, like, the fight itself. So Lex, Lex, has, Lex has said, kill Superman, or kill Batman, and I'll set Martha free. And 
his first his Superman's first idea is to like ask Batman like will you help me in this right? If he says no, I say just book it and start start searching the city because like unless you seriously intend to kill him, you are actually getting nothing out of this fight. Like fly away. Yeah, I guess I was gonna ask. So I don't really in the comics. Metropolis is in Kansas, right? Um, ooh, we could do an entire episode on this. <laughs> um, in this movie, they seem to be across a large bay. I mean, I kind of figure in this movie, it's Metropolis is New York, and New Jersey is Gotham. That sort of seems to be what's going on here. But then, so they went to Martha Kent's place of work, which I assume is by the farm in Kansas. So yeah. they haul her up to New York because Batman gets there in time. So, oh yeah, they really should have kept her there, right? Well, why would why would you bring her close? Like, why would you give him <laughs> the opportunity to maybe break away and do exactly what you just said? Like, go search the city. Yeah, because if he's if he's like basically doing it all by remote control anyway. Ah, unless he's trying to play like a really long game and is like, no, he would he. We captured her in Kansas, so he would probably go to Kansas to look for her. Again, I don't know, man. Just, <laughs> I think I think that's that's the basically the, our summary of the movie is I don't know, man. Nah. Um. So anyway, just as Superman is beaten, beaten, and he's about to be speared to death, he says, "You're letting him kill Martha. Save Martha." And then there's a montage to remind us that Bruce's mom is also named Martha. Uh, and he throws the spear away. He says, heroically, Mar- <laughs> Martha won't die tonight. So this is perhaps the most mocked aspect of the movie. So I, 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 we should, I'm not just going to laugh at it, but I am going to consider it. I don't recall having read anything before that points out that both of their mothers are named Martha. It's interesting it could be like a nice little moment between Batman and Superman where like Batman learns of like a sort of little connection and like, Oh, maybe we're more alike than I think. I don't think it works well as like the entire pivoting of the entire movie and his motivation for the last two hours to like, Oh, we have the same mom name. Yeah. You must be okay. I mean, this is actually the, this is actually the psychotic Batman that people talk about. Well, you're supposed to kind of figure it out in your own head that that's what he's doing is going. I, I don't want to. I don't want to be the murderer of a family like somebody murdered my family. I mean, couldn't you have guessed? I don't know. I mean, I guess maybe if he, maybe he thought Superman came down to Earth and everyone's got a mom, man. <laughs> yeah, but not. But he Somewhere. he has an alien mom, so. It's not the same. I don't know. It, it is stupid to me, though, that the, the thing that always bugged me about seeing the movie was that Superman just calls her Martha like like he knew that that would be the thing that stopped him. Right. Like that, well, was, that was his, the last like ace up his sleeve was to like, all right, if nothing yeah. else works, I'm going to just say the name and hopefully it works. But like, why wouldn't you call your mom by like call her mom? Save mother. my mom or save Martha Kent. Yeah. Just Martha's not very helpful. Yeah. Unless he, if he knows that he's Batman <laughs> is Bruce Wayne. <laughs> and he looked up what Bruce Wayne's story is. He would find that his mother, Martha, was murdered. And he would think I should use Martha's name. And that will be the psychological key. Okay, then you need to add that into your movie. <laughs> like, <laughs> but I don't. I'm not. But I don't, think, I don't think that's the case. I think he really is just like in his last moments, being like, "Save Martha." But yeah, <laughs> <sighs> I'm almost done summarizing my part of the of the movie. So I will just uh, wrap this up, my, wrap my bit up here, to say that uh, Batman and Superman agree that Superman should take care of whatever's happening with the Kryptonian ship. And Batman will find Superman's mom. Batman climbs into the bat plane or bat wing or whatever. He's apparently changed back into his regular mask. So I guess he was either wearing that under the helmet the whole time or. <laughs> but moving along. 
Um, this is a big ask, really. Like, you find one woman who you don't know, who you've never seen, uh, don't even know, you know her first name, <laughs> in a huge city in 10 minutes, because they've been fighting for for 50 minutes or whatever. Uh, by all rights, Martha Kent should be dead, because <laughs> and Superman should go, no, this is a terrible plan. I'll look for her. Right. But um, fortunately... Because KG Beast is the one who kidnapped her and Bruce has cloned his phone, uh, Bruce can zero in on him. So, okay. Zach, please take us to the conclusion of this film. The final 45 minutes. Okay, so... Batman, now a good guy again, decides to basically shoot the ever-loving shit out of all the bad guys on his way to Martha Kent's location. <laughs> Alfred takes control of the Batwing remotely, which is kind of neat. So I'll, I'm trying to give it points where I can. I yeah, guess. I mean, I, I, you know what? I think you and I have been very fair this entire time. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that last section was just a little rough. Like, there was a lot of unless well maybe <laughs> like it's just th- that's, i would have explained it <laughs> right there's just way too much of that going on to make a coherent movie but anyways um we arguably get like what's the most praised and the coolest part of the movie which is batman's fight in the warehouse like i love the fact that he like comes up through the floor rather than the guarded door and that he like has all these like magnetic gun jammers and the whole fight kind of feels like you've never played one, I guess suppose, but like one of the Arkham games where there's just a whole mob of people and he just, he can still beat them up. Yeah. But I, I do just hate the fact that he's straight up killing a lot of these guys again. I mean, he stabs a guy, he, you know, a guy's trying to like get a grenade on him and he, makes him drop it and then two guys die by grenade explosion and then he he throws a box at a guy's fucking head (laughs) and just like and you know the box hits him hard and then his head goes back into a wall and there's like a blood spatter yeah and it's like okay that guy is either very very seriously brain damaged now or dead dead Probably maybe dead. first one than the maybe first one than the other. <laughs> um, I mean, and then I don't know if this was. I, I I kind of like had trouble following the fight a little bit too, though. Like I, when he gets stabbed, he like stabs a guy in the arm. I think he stabs a guy in the arm, and then he. It looks like he kind of does like what Superman did to him in his vision, just like kind of like rips his heart out. Um, but. I assume he didn't actually do that, but, and then of course the, you have to throw in the stupid line or I'm a friend of your son's. And it's like, Oh, are you really like this whole movie? You've just been an asshole to this guy. Now, now you guys, you consider yourself friends. I guess. Yeah. I mean like up until 20, like, by the way, Martha, I know your name. Up until 20 minutes ago, I had literally made it my new life's mission to personally murder your son. Yeah. I mean, and then Martha Kent's reaction to it is like, oh, well, you're wearing a cape. So, like, I kind of figured. And the funny part about that to me was that he, like, nods like, mm-hmm, yep, you're, you you get it. You you see it. You, you know what we're all about. Anybody in a cape. And that's the coolest part of the movie. So, so... Still some problems, but anyways, Lois is there at the, where Batman and Superman were fighting and she takes the kryptonite spear and hucks it into a pool of water and Superman confronts Lex on the ship where he's activating the machine and it draws a huge surge of energy. And then uh, Lex is lamenting Batman being too weak to do the job when he finds out that they're now working together and that Martha Kent has been saved by him. No worries, however, because he's sending the devil to kill Superman instead. And my question was, 
what if Batman did kill Superman? Was Lex going to unleash Doomsday on the world anyways? Like, now now there's just a Kryptonian monster who doesn't even, like, have any... He doesn't even talk. You, so you can't, like, you know... You have something much, much worse on your hands now at this point. It would be... See, I wouldn't... I wouldn't even mind so much if someone pointed out, like... Like, that could be... A thematic thing like look sometimes you get so obsessed about something that you unleash something worse right mm-hmm. but nobody ever calls him on that it just it is like you say like yeah his his plan to get rid of a kryptonian who could go rogue is to, <laughs> is to unleash a kryptonian who is super rogue yeah i said i don't know that um, was not, i mean I, I hadn't even thought of that but you were you're opening up plot point you know confusions that i did not even well and that, know to have and that's what the filmmakers seem to bank on is that when you go to the movie I, when i first saw the movie i didn't think about that i was just like all right like that's his next move but <laughs> when you're actually trying to like somewhat analyze a film you have to like think of you just find all the plot holes that just were just gaping and you didn't catch them the first time and that's that seems to be one of them to me. It's just the whole point was for Batman to kill Superman, possibly. So did he did he want Batman to steal his kryptonite so that he could kill him? If they if that was the plan, <laughs> then it was lost on me. Even that's even long, in analyzing it, <laughs> that's a real long shot. I mean, like what? But he's just such a big brain that he thought like twenty moves ahead. I guess. I guess he's doing the five D chess. Um. Anyways, Doomsday, he looks stupid, but Doomsday looks like a mix between like a giant monster from Resident Evil 4, a specific thing that I'm actually thinking about that you wouldn't know. And then like a Lord of the Rings orc type of thing. And then he looks actually like worse than Abomination did in The Incredible Hulk. And that was like made eight years before this movie, so... I don't know. They, it just—it's one of those things again where it's like, well, if you're gonna do the character, at least make him look like him or something. Yeah. Why? I mean, why wouldn't you really? I mean, it's—it's it, it's a distinctive visual. Mm-hmm. It's not like they replaced it with something that, like, oh, that's that's much better. Right. It's, I mean, it looked Doom, very generic and yeah, mutated. I mean, zombie. Dooms, kind I mean, of thing. Doomsday is a pretty ridiculous design. It's pretty extreme '90s, but it's like it's at least a design, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's not like it's not like Zack Snyder is opposed to a ridiculous design on something. So, anyways, after Doomsday is out and about, he it's beginning the real last fight. About. Yeah, I, I don't know what would you call that. <laughs> um, Pro- <laughs> promenading. He's so he's out of the ship and about. Um, yeah, so this is like the fu- the real final battle of the movie. Uh, Doomsday goes to the top of the LexCorp building, and this is shown all over the news. And it's funny that Zack Snyder seemed to go, okay, so we can't have another city-leveling fight because everyone criticizes Man of Steel for that. So let me, tr- let me like explicitly mention many times <laughs> this port is pretty much empty, so we don't have to like worry about any kind of casualty situation going on. Um. And that news is being broadcast on a plane that Diana is in, and she decides to get off the plane. Um, Help out. And Doomsday starts destroying military helicopters, and as far as I can tell, Superman is still just standing there and watching <laughs> it happen. Because he wasn't, like, knocked out or anything. He, he was... He was out of the ship and looking up at Doomsday. And then apparently Doomsday has the time to just mess up some helicopters. And Superman's just kind of like, well, I, I, is, is Superman wondering if he should again? Like, well, yeah, let's, that's, 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 I'm thinking that he's just trolling. He's like, the military guys are screaming. He's like, oh, I'm sorry, what's that? Oh, you Do want, you want Superman to get involved in military operations? Because oh. I thought a lot of this movie was about how I should not do that. <laughs> so just... Make make your make it clear. Let me know. Get back to you. 
Well, anyways, Superman does eventually snap out of it, and he starts taking Doomsday into space. And they show, you know, a bunch of dudes in a room. So it's the military, and they're debating nuking them at that specific height to avoid casualties. And I still think that the fallout would be a problem if it's right above the city. I'm not exactly sure. I'm not a nuclear scientist but i sort of wondered that about the dark knight rises too right i don't know i th- I, th- <laughs> I i was less concerned in that movie i was concerned about it believe me in that movie too <laughs> but i think above the city it just comes down if it's right. away from the city it you know it there's a chance it doesn't reach it i don't know mm. anyway so yeah they say like there's only gonna be one casualty superman I guess they don't really know that Superman would likely survive a nuke either. but they It doesn't come up very much. I guess. <laughs> but, well, it works out better than I thought it would. But Superman is left in space looking pretty sickly. And Doomsday just crashes down on to another uninhabited island outside <laughs> of Metropolis. And he, like, kind of mutates and grows stronger and... They even say the word unkillable, which I guess if the nuke didn't work, then they just assume they're not going to be able to kill this thing. Um, Here he kind of gets a little bit more of the doomsday, like, spikes and stuff. Yeah, he gets spikes and stuff. But, like, just start him with that. I don't know. It's like my my big complaint about uh, the movie The Amazing Spider-Man was that when Doc Connors mutates into the lizard, he has, like the lab coat and stuff for like a second. So it's like, okay, did you get that nerds? Tear off the shirt, yeah. <laughs> tear off the coat. Now we're doing it movie style. Yeah. You just get a taste of what you want and then not really what Snapped you really away, want. Cause that screw you nerds. <laughs> um, so Batman flies by and realizes that it's a Kryptonian monster. Maybe because it uses heat vision on him. I, he, he just seems to kind of know that it's Kryptonian. But he decides to make it follow him back to Gotham and to use the kryptonite spear against it. And he shot down nearly where the spear is. And then Alfred, of course, doesn't miss a chance to guilt Batman for using all the other kryptonite weapons up in his uh, fight with Superman. I just thought that was kind of funny. Again, just like, well, if you didn't uh, have this vendetta going on. Maybe, yeah, because like maybe we wouldn't all be screwed right now, but you know, this is, this is, you, you had a plan. This is not an amazing time to be passive aggressive, yeah. To, to Batman, it, it's just it's just like the the one last like little jab that Alfred can give to him before presumably Batman dies, I guess, right? Um, so Doomsday is about to go for the Bruce. Kill. I've always hated you. <laughs> I want you to know that <laughs> I resented being made your caretaker when your parents were shot. I resent making building your Batmobiles in bat armor. Get screwed. Thanks for making me tea that one time. Um, so Doomsday's about to go for the kill shot on Batman and is thwarted by Wonder Woman blocking the energy blast with her bracelets. And again, I'm going to give it credit. It's a fantastic introduction to Wonder Woman. Uh, the theme is really cool. And the sound effect that the uh, gauntlets make when she absorbs the energy and is deflecting it back at him at Doomsday is really cool. Um, I I could I could I could find a, a sound sample of that and play it here. I would rather hear you do it because you, you did it over the phone with me. <laughs> yeah, it's just like that. It's exactly like that, actually. Michael Winslow, my ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> no. <laughs> Yeah, or we could just say that you did add the sound effect, and then it, it's seamless. So, like, it's, my impression was so dead on that right, people that was, actually won't know. Um, continue your summary. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so Superman also comes back at this point after he absorbs some of the sun's rays from space, and Lois somehow also deduces that the sphere is needed. What a lot of deduction happening. Yeah. And she immediately regrets her decision to (laughs) chuck it to the bottom of the pool and dives on in. Um, And Superman apparently also knows that they're there for the spear. 
So why not, I guess? Batman also tells Wonder Woman that the port is abandoned again. So the audience <laughs> really, really knows, hey, there's not going to be any casualties, we swear. Like, just don't don't add us on this again. So a shockwave traps Lois underwater while the heroes fight Doomsday. And Superman hears Lois drowning and saves her. Uh, he dives in for the spear himself then, and Batman kind of just zips around during the fight. And yep. I guess that was just their way so they could create like the cover of The Dark Knight Returns. Because yeah. there's, there's that one shot, and then there's like one bolt of lightning during the whole <laughs> right. fight. And it's like, okay, so there you go. There's there's the shot. The weather report that night was like, yeah, we had a thunderstorm. One bolt of lightning. <laughs> Just what, It was really cool, though. It's like, hey, you guys saw Back to the Future, right? There was only one lightning bolt there, too. <laughs> yeah. well, I, I guess there was other ones in the sky. Okay, well, I've already... Back to the Future is already a better movie. Can we do a can we do a podcast about Back to the Future instead? Yes. <laughs> Abandon this right now. If Abandon, only we could go back in time and <laughs> and redo this podcast. So Superman resurfaces and looks on the battle going on outside. He says what he knows to be his heartfelt goodbye to Lois, knowing what he's about to do. Wonder Woman chops off Doomsday's hand, which gets replaced by a spike. And then she lassos him while Batman shoots an apparently forgotten canister of kryptonite gas at him. <laughs> I, have no, I have no kryptonite weapons left, except for this important one. This, this one. Um, a weakened Superman drives the spear into Doomsday, and then he gets impaled by the spike hand in the process. They both succumb to their wounds and both die. Superman's body is then lowered down to Lois, and she... Mourns the loss of Clark. Point of order. If you're weakening, if you have an opponent who's, who's vulnerable to kryptonite, you shoot kryptonite at him to make him vulnerable, give Wonder Woman the spear. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I, like, she, she, she's, I mean, granted, Superman has never seen this person before, but she's clearly a super confident badass. <laughs> yeah, she can apparently handle herself pretty well. Yeah, I would give her the spear and say, like, can you get this? Because I have allergies. Yeah, I just the the thing that bothered me too was was just like we do see Batman loading up like a gun earlier in the fight, and we're just like, okay, I guess he just has a gun now again. <laughs> but then it happens to have kryptonite gas in it, and it's like, well, why was that there? What like what were you saving that one for? So after the death of Superman and. Everybody's standing around being sad. A military team descends into the Kryptonian ship and takes Luthor into custody. But we get a glimpse of him communicating, I think, with another being right before they get to him. And I'm pretty sure that's supposed to be Steppenwolf. Um, he's the villain in Justice League. And we're doing this pre-Snyder cut, so I don't even know if Steppenwolf is going to be in that version of Justice League. But... I'm pretty sure that's who that was meant to be. I don't, and I don't remember if that was shown in the theatrical cut. So that, that might have been something they added afterwards. After like Justice League had like maybe had a script and <laughs> I mean, we know how it went, but like <laughs> they might have had a plan at that point. I don't know. I think that Zack Snyder has said that like he had like a whole like big plan I because like at one at one point I thought that the deal was that Justice League was supposed to be two movies, and the first one was going to be Steppenwolf and the second one was going to be Darkseid. But Uh-oh. that that could that could just be me totally making that up based on something I misremembered. That sounds kind of familiar, actually, but <laughs> it has a ring of truth to it. <laughs> but I, I'm just I'm not in the mood to like type that into a search engine right now. Then we're. Kind of at the home stretch of the movie, Lex gets his haircut, so he, you know, we finally have now bald he's bald. Lex yeah, see, because he's the he's famously bald. Now he's bald. Yet another example of hey, you know, you know, like how the one character has like a defining trait. Let's give it to them at the end, <laughs> just at the end. Um, during this time, too, Perry's looking at the morning edition of the Daily Planet with the headline "Superman Dead." 
Uh, he... <laughs> Subhead, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> en- enjoy your pointless existence. Uh, he opens the paper up, and then we get to see that it's reported that Clark died reporting on the incident, and Luthor is connected to the bombing at the Capitol building. So I'm not sure how Luthor is connected to the bombing at all. Is it? Well, because uh, Jeanette Clyburn said that there the bomb was made out of Luthor material. Oh, did so she? Or, but I guess I mean, like, you doesn't really prove that he made a bomb. Yeah, I guess, and like the chair. I mean, everybody knew that the chair was from LexCorp. Yeah, but like it's it's so unclear at what point anybody is aware that Lex Luthor is a ba- is like a villain. I mean, to me, that kind of seems like if somebody makes a Molotov cocktail out of a Smirnoff bottle, then they're like, <laughs> "Oh, Smirnoff is behind this." <laughs> Damn you, Smirnoff! Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't One know. Step ahead. <laughs> I'm not sure if that's exactly a good analogy, but it was a funny analogy. Yeah, okay, and... well, keep it. <laughs> like, I mean, like this this the movie makes so little sense. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna start criticizing your <laughs> your leaps of logic here. I got, a, I got enough to take care of. <laughs> so uh, the world is in mourning at this point and the whole loss of Superman. And we go to Smallville and we see Clark's wake. We see that Clark has sent a package to Lois to the farm and it has an engagement ring inside of it, which she puts on her finger. This is all intercut with a bunch of scenes of Metropolis having their own military funeral for Superman. Yeah, so the body's in Smallville, right? And like cause they're having a funeral for Clark, so they need Clark's body. I don't know who's, I don't know what what they're carrying in the military funeral. The 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 comic got around this by having Clark was only technically missing. And so like they didn't find his body in all the cuz the in the comic it was like in an inhabited area and like a lot of people did get killed in the collateral damage, so like we haven't recovered Clark's body yet. Mhm. So Bruce, but yeah, I think I think I, I just, one more thing. I just think it was weird that we didn't know about the ring either. Like usually in a, in a movie like this, like you set that up, mm-hmm. like oh you're going ring shopping, and then like he's then you get the ring at the end, and it's like oh that's sad. Here, can I can I ask you a personal question? Oh, if the <laughs> if the love of your life right had picked had intended to ask you to marry them. Would you want to know that they were going to propose to you or not? I don't know. I, I, I can't really fault it. I, I think it'd be nice to know. It's like just another last gesture that's nice. I mean, this is this is sort of the in the dark night, right? But like, should Alfred have lied? Maybe Martha should have lied. But may, maybe maybe you and I have slightly different philosophical opinions on grief and lying i guess <laughs> we'll take that offline <laughs> um, proceed we, then we get a scene with luthor in prison and he's being prepared to be restrained but the lights go out and then batman shows up and he tells him that he'll be watching him and he's put in a transfer to arkham asylum i guess luthor claims that the bell has been rung and that the death of Superman and someone is out there and on their way. I think that's meant to be dark side. So maybe that was another setup for the justice league movie. And then that just didn't happen in that movie. I think the Snyder cut is supposed to go into that aspect more because yeah, there was nothing in the original version of justice league. It was just Steppenwolf. Was Luthor insane all along, or did the ship do something to him? Because like now he's like, I mean, he was always like weird and twitchy, right? But like now he's like Arkham. Like he's they explicitly say that he's not like mentally competent to stand trial or whatever. Mm-hmm. So was did the ship drive him insane? Maybe it's the thing that pushed him over the edge. Some of this movie makes more sense if Luthor was just insane, except that he was also illogical but competent. <laughs> He made all these like weird leaps of logic, but they all sort of worked out for the best. So I guess it was fine. The, the saint, the insane man, is the sanest one of all. You know? mm-hmm. He is the Joker. <laughs> this movie should have just had the Joker in it, <laughs> like like every other DC movie. 
And it really should have been Jared Leto's version of the Joker, I think. Mm-hmm. Anyways, let's just finish this off. Oh, yes. <laughs> our final scene. Uh, involves Lois standing at Clark's grave, and then she sh- throws some dirt onto the casket and walks away. So the camera kind of lingers, and the sh- there's a shot of the dirt beginning to rise off of the casket, signifying that he's still alive, I think. And you can pretty much forget that because that never comes up again either in the Justice League movie. Like, he's straight up dead in that movie. So maybe it was just a really weird updraft that was very specific to that one grain one of, of those, dirt. One of those Kansas earthquakes you hear so much about. Anyways, so that's completely forgotten, and the credits begin here. And there's no after credits thing I, I noticed. Yeah, yeah, that's... So we've finally gotten through this movie almost in real time. <laughs> Pretty much. Like art. <laughs> so sorry, everybody listening. You knew what you were signing up for. Uh, let's get to the discussion and al- analysis uh, portion of the podcast. First of all, Zach, goddamn you. Yeah. <laughs> I could have gone the rest of my life, actually, probably. <laughs> Never succumbing to curiosity. <laughs> I, I still you... feel like you needed to see it. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I know how I feel about it, but it's it still feels like something that you needed to experience, too. If for nothing else, because I was spiteful of you for not seeing it, and I wanted you to suffer just like me. I appreciate your honesty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to say, I'm going to start with a positive. I think it's an interesting idea to use the criticism of the previous movie. So like the destruction of man of steel and people were saying that's, you know, horrible and seems callous. It's an interesting idea to take, use that criticism as a jumping off point for this movie. So like it's sort of engaging with criticism and sort of, sort of an interesting idea um, to basically hash out like the arguments that everybody was having online in this movie. Um, I think I'm, I'm done. I'm done with. I'm done with the praise. What do you? <laughs> what do you? What do you have? Well, what there, was, was some, there were some good scenes. Yeah, there's definitely some. There is some good in this, but definitely not enough for a movie, let alone a three-hour director's cut of the movie. But the thing is that, so this is 2016. This movie came out. Yeah. If you remember, in 2016, there was also another movie, Captain America: Civil War, that dealt with this exact same issue and did it arguably better. I mean, that movie also gets points for having Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Yeah, I mean... I, I guess, I mean, and this is, of course, the part of the podcast where Zach talks about a Marvel movie again. <laughs> but, like, I don't know. that it, 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 was, it was, like, a joke online at the time, too, I remember. It's just, it was weird timing that both of these movies came out and it's two heroes versus each other. So it's Batman v Superman and Captain America v Iron Man. And they dealt with this, you know, and Marvel wasn't even really getting the criticism for the destruction of the the collateral damage in their movies, but they addressed it themselves. Yeah, I think it's like both, both Civil War and this movie are engaging with criticism of man of steel which is an interesting uh interesting cross company thematic crossover mm-hmm. you know things like i mean I'd, so i you know that i me personally i dislike the thing of like maybe superheroes make things worse than they would be without them you know like i think that that like the hard look at like what does a superhero contribute to society I think that should just be like a suspension of disbelief thing that I'm going to pretend that nobody gets hurt and that this cool action is pretty much limited to abandoned buildings. That said, I won't, I, I mean, I can't say that like somebody couldn't do an interesting idea that even if I, even if I, if I didn't like it, they could do like an interesting and thought provoking maybe idea. Um, This wasn't it <laughs> because it was, it's like, let's, introduce a 
philosophical, political debate about the nature of, I guess, violence. But actually, I just want to do Dark Knight Returns, and it hasn't been set up, but I just really want to, I really want to make a movie of Dark Knight Returns. <laughs> and I don't care who gets in the way of that, what I have to do. I don't know. I don't really have much to say on that. So I guess, I mean, I brought this up earlier, but why are Batman and Luthor not allies? Towards the end of the movie, Lex sort of hints like, oh, I I set up this gladiator match. I, I pitted Batman against you. And I don't think that you did. I think Batman stole your kryptonite. And you're like, oh, actually, I meant for him to do that. <laughs> that was my plan, actually. That's, that's fine, everybody. So you know how people say about like Raiders of the Lost Ark about like well, what happens if Indy had just stayed home? Like mm-hmm. how much of that movie still plays out exactly the same? Yeah. If so, let's say that Batman isn't totally obsessed with murdering Superman personally. Does the movie still play out largely the same way? I mean, so so much so much of our conversation in analyzing this movie has just been like, well, why is that the case? <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I, th- I think that, I mean, I, and I mentioned this last time, last episode as well, that, like, I love the first Tim Burton 1989 Batman movie. And a lot of that movie also doesn't make sense, like, minute to minute, like, why is anybody doing anything at this point in the movie? But I think that, like, that movie is such, like, a, like, the Tim Burton Batman is like a haunted roller coaster ride, you know? Mm-hmm. It's, like, just about, like, spectacle and stuff. And so I think it works a little better. Like this movie, like sort of brings up real world issues and like encourages you to engage with the story and think about it, but not too deep. Makes no sense on any level, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you said that when you when you were seeing it in the theater, you didn't you didn't like it, but you also didn't mind the stuff that didn't make sense. Well, it's not that I didn't mind it; I didn't even notice it. <laughs> I, it it just kind of relies on the fact there's so much happening. You can't catch yeah. everything. Yeah, and I think I think that's that's sort of what I was noticing too. Is that like there's a lot of sense stuff that makes sense if because we know that Lex Luthor is a bad guy, because we know that Superman that Superman and Batman are both good guys. That you keep going, and we know that Superman has X-ray vision. I, I guess, but so much of this, so much of like the movie is not in the movie, you know. And is that to its credit that it's like expecting the audience to fill that in themselves or is that just this needed to be four hours you know that's kind of an interesting point i kind of wonder if somebody had gone into this movie blind like they kind of know about batman and they kind of know about superman but they don't know any of the other characters do they think lex luthor is necessarily a bad guy or is he just somebody who's like batman but he is like totally uh, Jesse Eisenberg is playing him as like, clearly I am the villain <laughs> mm-hmm. because I am over the top and weird. I'm either the villain or I'm Captain Jack Sparrow. We always complain about them putting the Wayne murder in there because everybody knows and like everybody does know about Batman. Everybody does know about Superman. Maybe we don't need to spell these things out, but everybody acts so unlike the characters that we are familiar with that like I feel like they need new motivations to be explained. Mm-hmm. I mean, cause like this Batman is just, I mean, this Batman is the people like to have like the hot take of like, Oh, what if Batman is actually crazy too? But like, this is like a totally messed up Batman. If you look at what happens in the movie, like the fact that Mark, you know, your mom is also named Martha can make me go from like literally like hands around your throat, wanting to kill you to like, we're friends now. Yeah. <laughs> this is my friend Wonder Woman, and he's like we should we should share a laugh. I thought she was with you. Yeah. <laughs> and, he, and like and like and, and Superman's okay with it too. He's pretty forgiving. <laughs> Batman just lies to Superman's mom. Just you know, we're, <laughs> we're friends. It's like if if a bully was like like met your mom at this or our mom at the supermarket. <laughs> And it was just like, oh no, we're we're friends. And then like mom comes home and like goes, Hey, I saw Todd at the store. Like, you guys are friends? It's like, God no. Like, like Are you are you are you positing Eddie the existence of Eddie Haskell? 
Oh, <laughs> I guess I am. <laughs> is is Batman Eddie Haskell in this movie? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I'm his kind of, Your son and I are good friends. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. I. So. Uh, now I'm trying to think if, in the history of this podcast, if I hated this more, if I hated Ultimatum more. Oh, it's got to be this. I mean, two episodes. Ultimatum? <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we, we had to commit two, I mean, two nights. <laughs> two nights. Oh, oh, we just... recorded this over two nights. Yeah. <laughs> I could have been watching anything else. Mm-hmm. In the, I could have been eating a sandwich. You could have been cleansing your palate of this movie with. I could have been, I could have been learning Count of Monte Cristo or something. Dude, we should watch Count of Monte Cristo. <laughs> You've been trying for okay. Next episode, yeah, the no, Count of no, Monte no, Cristo, no, 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 no. two thousand two. <laughs> Jim Caviezel. Uh, I mean, I think I think our our feelings are pretty abundantly clear. What we thought about this movie, I do feel like we get, I. So this is the, my first time seeing it. I would admit to coming in like suspicious, but like really wanting to give this a shot. And I thought the ultimate edition, some people say that it's better. I tried, you know, <laughs> I tried as, I, tr- I tried as hard as I could to figure out what they wanted to do in this movie. And like, again, like you can make a movie that I don't like, but I get right. Or like, I, yeah. You know. but like, this was, I hated this. And it was incompetent. <laughs> I don't see what anybody is getting out of this movie other than I think it's really badass when two people, when two men growl at each other and Wonder Woman is cool. So the one thing that this movie showed America is what this Wonder Woman movie comes out. You should see that. My final thoughts on it are, Okay, so I, I did see the theatrical version. I saw it in theaters, and I didn't like it. Um, but I didn't really have a deep reason for it. It just didn't. It seemed kind of choppy then, and then seeing this version, I don't. I haven't seen the theatrical version in a while, I guess. But like, I don't. Everything that was kind of happening in this movie, I thought had happened in. The theatrical cut. So I was just like, oh, it's weird that this movie's longer than I remember it, but it's the same content. Yeah, it's just, it's not fun. I mean, okay, so it's not a fun movie to watch, but there are fun bits. I, I would honestly say if you cut my, the parts that I like, you'd probably have like a 10 minute movie, maybe 10 minutes. The Zack cut of Batman v Superman is. Bruce Wayne runs into the ash to save people from the falling building. Batman fights some guys. <laughs> Batman fights some guys in a warehouse, but you edit it so that you don't see how badly he's, how horribly he's uh, murdering them. <laughs> and then um, the Wonder Woman theme plays. Yeah. <laughs> and this and the sound effect. Yeah. <laughs> <Over the laughs> I would enjoy that cut of the movie. I if. I encourage you on the internet to hashtag release the Zach cut. <laughs> we'll, we'll get that made. <laughs> well, Zach, thanks for being here with me. No, thank you for introducing me to this movie. Uh, is this, was justice League worse? I haven't seen justice League either. Was um, justice League better or worse? Um, okay. So <laughs> I, I know this is the closing bit, but the thing I was thinking about is i would say worse but i think that's because this movie left such a bad taste in my mouth well in the future we could cover it but (laughs) i don't want to (laughs) yeah i don't know if i i don't know if i have the strength to do it too if you got the the steam in you and then and then since we did the ultimate cut here we'd have to do the snyder cut when that comes out which is like do we even have, which is like a four-hour miniseries. <laughs> why do I even have a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> is is this is this uh, the episode that's your bane? It's just like I, this, you, it breaks, Justin. This is the this is the final episode. <laughs> of Indefensible Inc. 
<laughs> it just leaves the whimper. <laughs> <laughs> Welp, I'm going to go... Drink some peach tea. <laughs> drink some peach tea. I'm going to play with a puppy or you know, sit under a sad lamp or something to <laughs> try to get my energy going again. But I will say to you out there in Radio Land, if you like the podcast... <laughs> which I don't anymore. (laughs) I hate this podcast, but if you like it, subscribe on your podcasting app of choice. Write us a review on Apple Podcasts. Um, You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at at IndefensibleInc and on Facebook. Email us at IndefensibleInc at gmail.com. Hit us up if there's something that you think we should be reviewing. But until next time, if there is a next time, which is pretty doubtful right now. Uh, I have been Justin Zyduck. And this is Zach Zyduck apologizing. Good night.